Uh-oh. Sounds like I got some fans out there. <laughs> no. How are you guys doing this morning? Oh, thank you so much. God is good. Today's been awesome. What, what do you guys think? Worship was off the chain. That last song really, really hit me. Uh, just really, really thinking about those words, you know, it's just like wherever God is, like wherever he's manifest, that's where miracles happen, right? When he moves, he, he can do the impossible. And it's, it's just so amazing. And um, I don't know, I was just really thinking about that song and just like the tempo and everything. It's in a different time signature, you know, makes me kind of want to sway and dance a little bit. So I'm, I'm just closing my eyes and I'm just imagining just what's happening in, in the spirit, you know, just what's, what's going on angels, you know, just bringing worship to God and, and just, just different things. It's just a, a beautiful sight, you know. It's like, it says like that God, he rejoices over us with singing and dancing, you know. And so, so that, I believe that's part of his character. He created us to want to wanna move. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, but um, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just so excited uh, and so honored to, to, to be asked again. To, uh, to come and bring a message before you guys. It means uh, I must have done pretty okay last time, you know, so they asked me to do it again, so uh, I appreciate that, and I, I just want to honor pastors. Uh, they poured so much into my life, and, and just the leadership in this church, um, and just being given this opportunity is, is an honor. It's an honor to bring the Word of God. It's something that, that God ordained, you know, so that's awesome. Um, so as you guys know, we've been going through this series called Supernatural, and uh, this week we're going to be going over gentleness, and Amelia did a really great job at uh, her Give It A Go. Um, it's, it was awesome. So. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to go ahead and start off with our series verse. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26, and... It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's uh, take a look at that for a second. So if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. So we got to be cognizant of the way that God is moving. If we live in the Spirit, we got to be looking for how He's moving, be ready for what He's saying, and be willing to submit to that. And it says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Because that's not the spirit at all. The gift of the spirit is uh, by grace through faith. It's something that God's given us. It's nothing that we work for or attained for anyway. So um, how could we become conceited? How could we envy one another? 
So as I was preparing for this message, I was just trying to think of what gentleness is. Like, what, how, do, how do we picture gentleness in our, in our society, in our culture, in, in what we see, you know, and what we, what we experience? And, and I was thinking, it's like, okay, when I, when I think about gentleness or, or being gentle, I think about handling something with care, you know, and, and just like, and in order for me to exercise gentleness, I need to understand what it is I'm, I'm handling, you know, and, and how much pressure I can apply without it breaking or, or something like that. I have to kind of keep my own strength under control, right? Um, and so I, I could think of like maybe, for instance, Titus, you know, when you pick him up, you got to handle him with care. You got to be gentle, you know. He's, he's a little child that's just been born into this world, you know, and uh, he's, he's, he's precious, he's delicate. And so we have to be mindful of how we exert ourselves on this child. We can't just go pick him up by the, the feet and just, like, walk around and, like, hey, woo, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness, you're going to kill the kid. It's like, you can't do that. It's like, come on, no, you got you to be gentle. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think that's why I haven't been invited over yet. I'm, not, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, you got you to, gotta, I wrote this down. It says, in situations where being gentle is necessary, we're required to understand the delicateness of what we're dealing with, as well as the power or strength we can exert. And we must choose to hold back for the sake of what we're handling. And so I was thinking about that. And it's like, well, what, what is the, the result of, of being gentle, you know? Um, and I, I think of a, a situation uh, actually with my parents. Um, they recently, well, I guess not recently, but not too long ago, they got a new dog. Uh, his name is Sammy. He's a Jack Russell Terrier mixed with a Chihuahua. And he's uh, the sweetest dog. He barks a lot, though. And he, he jumps really high. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing feat. Uh, if you guys ever get a chance to see it, do it. <laughs> but um, I remember when my parents got the dog, uh, the dog was very, very skittish, very, very, um, very cautious, very, I guess you say fragile, you know. Um, he was probably abused uh, beforehand. Maybe people didn't really take care of him, look after him. People weren't exercising their gentleness towards this dog. And, um, but I, I saw that over time, because uh, I know my parents are, are loving people and they love their animals. Uh, we had a, a really sweet dog before that dog whose name was Katie. She was the sweetest, most loving dog you would ever meet. Um, I'm blessed to have known her for the time that I did. Um, but, but since they got Sammy, it was, it was a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a process as far as getting him comfortable, you know. Uh, he, it took some time, but with their, their gentleness, with their, their kindness, and with their, their loving nature, uh, they, they were able to, to calm that, that dog down. And, and now that dog is, you would never guess that that's, that's how that dog had come into the family because he's just so excited, so rambunctious, so jump into your arms kind of a dad. He's like, maybe like this tall. Right. 
yeah. Um, and so when I, when I observe that and I see that, I see that, that gentleness can be a key to unlocking a door of trust and of intimacy. You know, it's something that we have to, to apply over time. And um, we're not always going to see the results right away. Sometimes things take time. I think that's why another part of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. You know, all these things are working together to produce the work of God. And I know I've given you more of an observational uh, definition as far as what gentleness is or what, what we can see it as being. But I, I wanted to take you guys to the scriptures and, and show you someone who... Um, embodies gentleness, and that's Jesus. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. And it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I found that pretty profound because this is Jesus directly saying that he is gentle. He's describing himself. And we know that Jesus is perfect. He always walked in obedience to the Father. Uh, he always said what the Father said. He always did what the Father did. He was always led by the Spirit, never in any way sinned or went astray meaning that the fruit of the Spirit was always ma uh, made manifest in his life. So he was always bearing gentleness, no matter what he went through. And then if we actually look at this uh, scripture here, when we see the word gentle, that word gentle is also translated as the word meek. And meek can be best described as having strength, or power under control. It's not necessarily just allowing life to happen to you and, and not doing anything about it, but understanding that you do have power, you do have strength. But what's more important, me exerting that or me representing Christ? And another interesting fact that I learned in my study was uh, this, act, this word for, for gentle or meek in the Greek is sometimes used towards animals. And when it's used in the context of animals, it means tame. So if you think about it, we think about how we as human beings are able to tame animals like horses, you know. We put a bridle on them, a bit in their mouth, and they, they're obedient. Or they can be obedient as we tame them. And we think about us now as believers, um, now that we have the Holy Spirit, granted, God has given us free will, just as animals and things have free will, but just as the horse has to trust the rider, the one who's directing the path, we have to trust God. And when we trust God and we walk in the Spirit and we're obedient to His leading, we're actually walking in gentleness because that's God's very nature. He's leading us gently. He's leading us in, in his ways for his purpose.
I wanted to show you a picture in Scripture of, of Jesus uh, really exercising and, and showing uh, meekness and gentleness. Um, so if you guys will turn to Matthew chapter 26, and it's going to be verses 47 to 54. And it says, And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. So Jesus just got betrayed. How many of us have experienced betrayal in our lives from people? And, and how has that made us feel? How, how have we responded in those situations? I'm going to let you guys hold on to that just for a moment. Okay, so verse 50. Uh, it's, uh, but Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled? that it must happen thus. Now, you know here, at this point, this was, this was right after the Last Supper. Jesus went and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's saying, God, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, let it go, but not my will, but your will be done, you know? And um, so he, he's leaving that place, and he's saying, my betrayer's at hand, and then here comes Judas, comes and betrays Jesus. But Jesus so knew the will of the Father that he knew how to respond in the situation. How not to retaliate when, when, when his betrayer came up against him and, and, and delivered him into the hands of, of those who would eventually lead him to his crucifixion. Granted that Jesus also shows here his power. We know that this, this servant who, uh, or disciple that cut off the the ear of the high priest is, is Peter. Uh, he's just being zealous, but um, the contrast here between Jesus and Peter is that Jesus knew where he was headed, what had to be done, how he needed to respond to a situation for the salvation of mankind, where Peter didn't have that revelation. So I would be so bold as to say, in order for us to walk in gentleness, we have to be so acquainted with God's call on our life, where he's leading us and where he's taking us, so we can respond correctly in situations that may agitate us or lead us in the wrong way had we not known that. Because it's all about representing Christ. It's all about him. It's all about showing him to other people and, and bringing him in such a way that they can understand, in gentleness. Peter didn't walk in gentleness. He cut off the ear of the servant. But we know that Jesus, yeah, he put it back on. He's like, yeah, come here. 
<laughs> oh man. He said come here. <laughs> I love you guys. But Jesus knew his power. He knew what he could he could accomplish and what he could do, but he decided to be gentle, to be meek, to hold that power back and to walk in gentleness, to walk in the spirit. So yeah, this this gentleness can only be supernatural because it's not in our nature to to want to respond to situations in gentleness. As we can see Peter he wasn't in the spirit. He responded to the situation in the flesh, and he's like, no, you're not going to take Jesus, not understanding that Jesus had been explaining this to him and his disciples over and over again. But Jesus didn't rebuke him, well, at least not in a way like, or condemn him. That's, I guess that's what I could say. Yeah, he didn't condemn him at all. I want to go to my, uh, the next scripture. It's going to be Romans chapter 12, verses 18 through 20. And it says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will keep heap coals of fire on his head. Isn't that awesome? We don't have to worry about vengeance. We don't have to worry about avenging ourselves. We can leave these things in the Lord's hand because he's going to take care of it. All we have to worry about is representing Christ in a situation. We don't have to worry about getting the upper hand or 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 making sure that they get what they deserve because God's going to make sure that. And if you really think about it, if anyone got what they deserved, um, they'd be in hell. I mean, we, we are all deserving of hell. We're all deserving of, of the wrath of God forever because we've transgressed his law. But God in his mercy sent his son Jesus who lived that perfect and sinless life that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish, but they'd have that everlasting life. So we didn't have to experience that wrath of God because he loved us so much. The Bible says that God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn it, you know. I want to give you guys another picture of gentleness. Um, if you guys can go to Luke chapter 19, verses 45 through 46. And this is after Jesus' triumphal entry, triumphal, triumphal, I think that's the word, triumphal entry uh, into Jerusalem, where he, he comes in humbly, uh, just as the scriptures say, on the, on the colt of a donkey. Um, everybody's screaming Hosanna, laying down the palm branches and everything. Um, and he's going into the temple. 
So uh, verse 45 says, Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And as I read that, I re- I've read this so many times, but just before service, I was going over this, and this hit me in a different way, you know, because the temple was a place where the presence of God and the things of God were supposed to be facilitated. This was supposed to be a place of life, a place of refuge for the people. But people had come in, and they saw an opportunity to, to pervert this, you know. This is a place where people would go to to make offering for their sin, you know, and, and do different kinds of things. And, and people saw this as an opportunity. It's like, hey, I can make some cash off of this, you know. And, and so people were abusing a move of God, and they're turning it into a business, and that's not the heart of God at all. God wants people to know him, and I believe that's why Jesus drove them out, and he, it says that he, he, he drove them out, you know, <laughs> but that was gentle. That was gentle. He could have called down 12 legions of angels. He could have called down fire. He could have done all these different kinds of things. But he drove them out. I don't have this verse for you guys, but uh, Proverbs twenty thirty says, Blows that hurt cleanse away evil, as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. So I believe that Jesus in his gentleness and in his kindness drove them out. The Bible says that God would will that none would perish, but all come to repentance. Another thing I'd like to mention is uh, uh, the woman that was caught in adultery. Uh, It's John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. And it says, Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman, sta- and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus has ra- had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What an act of gentleness right there. In the law, it says a stoner. But Jesus was able to to judge righteously. (laughs) He was able to see in this situation what needed to be done and how to respond. 
The Lord delights in showing mercy. So now that I've shown you uh, pictures of Jesus, I wanted to give you guys a little bit more of a uh, um, instructional, some instructional scriptures. So if we go to the book of Colossians, uh, chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. And it says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now we know that the, the tongue has the power of life and death. And so we got to choose our words wisely. We have to be gentle with our words. Just as my parents were gentle with their dog, Sammy. There's a lot of hurt and abused and broken people in the world who don't know the love of Christ. And that gentleness that we bring can open a door of trust and intimacy. The book of James goes as far to say that the, the tongue itself is set on fire by hell because with it, we, we bless God and out of the same mouth, we curse those around us. James talks about how if, if, if we're able to bridle the tongue, that our whole body's going to be right. But it also says that no man can tame the tongue. So that would say that there's got to be something supernatural here. I was talking to you guys about tame, how meek in, in the Greek, when used with an animal, means tame. So I could say, Meek is tame because even the horse, it has its power, it has its strength, it can accomplish a lot. But when the rider's on it, when it's been tamed, it's obedient to its master. So walking in gentleness bridles our tongue. When we're walking with, in gentleness, our tongue is bridled because that's, we're walking in the spirit. That's supernatural. We're being led by God. We're saying what? God's saying, we're doing what God's doing, just as Jesus did. Jesus says, if we're in him, we're going to do the same works he did, and even greater. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be doing what the Father's doing and saying what the Father's saying. Amen? The next scripture I want to bring to you guys is First uh, Peter. And that's chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. And it reads, And who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness or gentleness and fear or reverence. Having a good conscience 
that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So that we see that walking in the Spirit and walking in gentleness and doing what's right can sometimes breed mistreatment towards us. They mistreated Jesus. He never did anything wrong. He was always walking in what was good. Yet, he endured so much. People hated him because he walked in what was good. And we're going to experience the same things. But we have to be mindful of when we go through these things and be mindful of what the Spirit is doing. Because we see here in the Scripture, uh, back in uh, verse 15, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. So there's going to be opportunities for God's character and, and for Jesus to be represented through what we're going through. Because people aren't going to understand. It's like, how are you going to let them treat you like that and you're not going to do anything about it? You know, what, 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 what are you really about? Are you afraid? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, and, and so there's an opening. It's like, are you here? God's doing something. And I see him doing something. And I just don't, I don't think it's right for me to, to come and attack them and, and, and stoop to, to their level. I'm going to just continue to do good. It's like, man, why are you talking about Jesus so much? You know they're going to fire you, right? I just can't stop. Uh, the next verse I have for you guys is uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. And it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So this is saying to be led by the Spirit when you have to bring correction. What does that say? Okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, amen. <laughs> but yeah, um, and I really like what Amelia talked about when she was talking about having to bring correction to the kids, you know, things uh, in her job, you know, uh, just bringing correction gently. Uh, how it's much better received when, when you bring correction gently rather than by force. Um, and I think that's true. I don't think anyone likes to be told that they're wrong. It's like, it's like what? You see someone caught in a sin, you got to be wise about how you bring that up to them. Granted, it may depend on the situation and what they're doing. You may have to use force. You may, you, you may have to be more stern than in other situations, but God will lead you when that's appropriate. Uh, the next scripture I want to give you guys is 2 Timothy chapter 2, 
verses 24 through 26. And it says, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So once again, gentleness is opening a door of trust and intimacy uh, so that Jesus can be presented. And then uh, the last scripture I have for you guys is James chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. And it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and of good fruits, impartial and sincere. I love that. It's a very good uh, description. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So wisdom that comes down from God is, is gentle, and, and it's, it's wisdom to walk in gentleness. Um, and um, so just to conclude some of the points and everything that, that I went over with you guys, um, gentleness isn't always as we perceive it. As we can see, Jesus driving out the... Uh, those in the temple, the money changers, and those that were selling doves and, and different things. Um, sometimes gentleness requires us to, to stand up. I mean, gentleness is always in step with the truth, um, and gentleness is always in, lo in love. Gentleness is power under control and knows the appropriate times and measure. Actually. Let me reread re -read that. Uh, gentleness is power under control and knows the appropriate times to exercise that power and how much force to use. Gentleness is produced when we know or understand where God is leading us and we're submitting to his spirit. Because just as Jesus was able to when he was... Uh, like a lamb being led to the slaughter. Um, he knew that's where God was calling him, where, he was, where God was leading him. And so he was able to, to walk in gentleness towards those around him and, uh, and be silent, even though he had the power and the strength to, to call down those, those angels. We must understand that the Lord is our avenger, and not take matters into our own hands when we're wronged for doing what's right. It's not, it's not on us to, to get, get people back. It's on the Lord. And 
the last one here, which is one that I said a few times. It says, gentleness can be the key to unlocking, unlocking trust and intimacy and aids us in representing Christ to others as he is gentle. So, yeah, this has been a really great study. Um, I think it's awesome that Jesus calls himself gentle. That means how important it is for us to be gentle, especially because it opens those doors and those opportunities for others to, to come to see him, to see his character, to see his attributes, to see who he is. Um, and that's just awesome. And us as Christians, Christ followers, we're to do the same. We're to be led by his spirit because we can't do it in our own strength. In our flesh is, is nothing good and it'll produce nothing. It only wants to get puffed up and, and get its own way and, and be right and, and, and be on top. And it doesn't care about any, anybody else or anything else but itself. I made a, a joke, well, kind of joke. Uh, in the men's uh, ministry, I was um, given the opportunity to preach about being led by the Spirit. And I said that the, uh, if, if the flesh had a, a trinity, it would be me, myself, and I. <laughs> yeah. I thought you guys would like that, but it's true. It's true. Um, whereas the spirit man, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit. So I just, I just want you guys to, if you guys are seeing that or noticing that maybe there are times where you're having trouble exercising that, that gentleness uh, in your lives, just seek God on it. Just spend time with Him. He'll work it out because it's not on us to, to force it out. It's not on us to produce it. It's a, it's a produce of the Holy Spirit. And the only way we're going to get that is if we spend time with Him. If we allow Him to do what He wants to do. Sometimes we can be a rebellious stallion. God's trying to rein us in and we're just buck going buck wild hey that's a good way to use it well <laughs> i love you man <laughs> going buck wild literally but uh <laughs> but god is patient with us he corrects us he lets us do our thing and he's like all right son you ready yeah i'm ready all right let's go and it's beautiful because he's gentle, humble. He doesn't insist on his way. He nudges. He's like, hey, why don't you go, why don't you go encourage them? You know, go talk to them. See how they're doing. Go pray for them. It's like, God, was that you? Or am I hungry? What's going on? Sometimes, you know. Or it's like, oh, God, but I have to do this or I have to do that. I want to go home. I'm tired. No, I'm doing something right now. So be encouraged, you guys. Just know that since you guys are Christ followers, you guys love Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. And God's speaking to you guys. He's ministering to you guys, and, and he wants to move in your lives. He wants to produce this fruit in your lives because 
It brings them glory. We're representing Christ when we produce, when that fruit is produced in our lives and others get to see him through us. What an honor. What a blessing that is. We don't deserve it. We really don't. But God said, no, you do, because I love you. And that's how I want to do this. I want you to experience my love. I want you to know it, and I want you to give it, because it's the best thing that could ever happen to anyone. This is what we were created for. I love you guys, um, and I just want to pray. Father God, I just thank you for today. God, I thank you uh, for your spirit, Lord, for your presence in our lives. Lord, that you instruct us in the way that we should go. Lord, that you go before us, God, Lord, and you lead us, God. Help us to be sensitive to what your spirit is saying, to, to where you're leading, and to what you want us to do, how you want us to respond, how you want us to, to be. And God, we're trusting that, that you will do those things. Because your word said that you would never leave or forsake us. You're always here with us, God. We thank you for that. We thank you that you know all things. God, help us to, to get out of our own ideas, our own understanding of how we think things should be or things should look like. But Lord, help us to just submit to you and to trust you. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, help us. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about something just now. Uh, I was talking to Zach recently, and he was telling me about uh, sometimes having to discipline his son or, or tell him to do something. And he would, the reason would be because I said so. And um, he was explaining to me that the reason that he really likes that, and I agree with him, is that I want to instill in Atticus a trust. I want him to be able to trust me and, and to know that I have his best interest in my heart, you know? And um, sometimes we got to just do things because God said so. We may not understand what's going on, but he said so, so we should do it. He's not going to lead us in any way that's bad for us. He knows what the plans he has for us to prosper us and to give us a hope in the future, right? He, he came to give us life and life more abundant. How are we going to experience that if we won't follow him? <laughs> we, got, we got to follow him. That's where he's leading us. He, he, he took the Israelites into the promised land when they were obedient to his word and what he said. There's promised lands for us. There's places that God wants to bring us to. Just like the song, giants are still being slain, right? There's giant, there may be giants in the land, but God said it. We move with them. We're going to overcome those things. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. I love you guys.